And <laughs> I am Robert M. Price. I'm Dr. Daryl Ray. And- Hi, I'm Karen Lumley Care. Hi, I'm Aaron Roy. Hi, I'm Marissa Alexa McCool. Hi, I'm Jerry DeWitt. Hi, this is David Smalley from Dogma Debate. Hi, this is Dan Barker. Hi, I'm John McComb from The John McComb Show. Hi, I'm Dr. Drance. Hi, I'm Richard Carrier. Hi, I'm Rhonda Tyson. Hi, I'm Seth Andrews. I'm host of The Thinking Atheist. Hey, guys, I'm Kara Santa Maria. Hi, I'm David Fitzgerald. Hi, I'm Brian Keith Dalton. Hi, this is Tom and Cecil from Cognitive Distance, and we took a left at the valley. We did take a left at the valley. And a wrong turn in Albuquerque. And then (laughs) the left at the valley goes right to a glory hole. It's like right to a glory hole. (laughs) I know we shouldn't have to scream that we're atheists. You know, we don't have non-astrologers and all that. But with religious people taking over the world, I mean, we can either speak up or be pushed into a corner. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith and unsubstantiated claims. That's something to be ashamed. I'm an atheist. Coming at you with a mouthful of turkey, this is Left of the Valley. My name is Kevin, and when Thor throws his hammer, he's serving justice. But I throw a wine, and I've got anchor issues. Joining me as usual is the team wondering if butt cheeks is one word, or if we should spread them apart. <laughs> she decides she doesn't want children. She will tell him tonight. Nancy. <laughs> That's the time to tell them, I guess. Yeah, right, right, right as they're going to bed. That's right. Three times down one. I never wanted you, and you're a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> she asked the barista for a mild roast, and he said, You've got really average ears. Oh, those are the best roasts. <laughs> I, I usually Good go for the dark, though. I want some, like, some, dark like, roast? Yes. Scathing. Yes. Hurt. <laughs> Once in a while. And she only drinks tea, Kila. Watch for the worm. I will. <laughs> Ladies, welcome back. Good to be here. Hope you had a great week. I have no idea. I cannot remember it. Oh, I, I was up. getting just getting over a cold, so that's fantastic, but tis the season for it. So. Tis the season Happy post Get your flu shots, people. Oh, Get shot your too. flu shots. Herd immunity is a thing. Yeah. Okay, welcome back. Um, so so let's uh, let's wish a, a happy post-Thanksgiving and post-Black Friday mm-hmm. to our gross. American viewers. Black Friday so gross. Yeah. <laughs> Cyber Monday all the way. You don't have to leave your yeah, house. Exactly. <laughs> And I know I know I'm a bit ahead of, of the curb here, but I also want to wish a happy birthday, happy birthday, Kirsten, which yeah. is what two days now, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, perfect. What, what date is it? It's the thirtieth. So three days. Yeah. So. It's the thirtieth already. Well, it's gonna happen. It is. Yeah. The, How did that December's happen? December's <laughs> right around the corner. It's been literally. literally. <laughs> it's been a really fast month. Oh. How old are you turning now? Twenty-four. Oh my oh, god, wow. I hate you so much right now. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> old enough to be my daughter. Oh god. I think like, it's young, young enough. enough to be your daughter. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, young enough to be my granddaughter. <laughs> or great, 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 everybody, everybody. But apparently, I look old enough to be Christina's mother. Okay, no, there is a story behind this. I was skipping down an aisle in a store. So, I can picture it too. You can't, you can't fault the person that much because it was literally like. Dee, 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 dee. I can a little bit because <laughs> that was like a few days before my was it my twenty first birthday? I think so. No, <laughs> your twenty second. You sure it was my twenty second? I actually oh, have no boy. idea. You know, you right. could have been. Not my that it second. matters at this point. Yeah. All right. right. <laughs> so today we'll be talking to Aaron Lewis, the brazen atheist, and that's going to no. be very interesting. Looking forward to but that. But first, let's get into our chit chat. Oh, I'm excited. Um. So did you guys hear? Uh, there was a lot of news. Uh, people were all abuzz about a suspicious bomb scare that during a classical concert in Vienna. Really? Yes. I did not hear about At the, this. At uh, the Haus in Vienna, right? Uh, the, uh, there was a suspicious buzzing sound, and it sparked a bomb scare <gasps> during Wagner's The Valkyrie, right? And uh, the police rushed to the concert house, only to discover buzzing. that it was an adult toy. Fiddlesticks. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. 
Oh, and they forgot to turn it off? Apparently. <laughs> so oh. It was in a suitcase and it buzzed. It. <laughs> well, it could have been one that was a rechargeable one that has a really touchy button. Yeah, well, it could have accidentally turned it well, we'll defer to your expertise on that. Did the, did the person who owned it own up to it? They actually did. They returned oh. the suitcase to the owner and his lady friend. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be so embarrassing. Oh, beyond embarrassing. Oh, boy. Oh. Oh. I hope they handled it with grace and dignity. Yeah. Oh, boy. As, <laughs> as long as it was like a nice one, not just like a little dinky $5 one. Right? Like, oh. it better have been like a really nice one. Thing, like, yeah, that's but that mine. Really, that's like a, <laughs> that really is like a comedy skit, you know. Yep, or, it totally and, is. Yeah, so, uh, moving on, um, Donald Trump. Kill me now. Ever heard of this guy? Nah, never heard of him. Well, he marked the 100th anniversary of women's suffrage. Oh, yeah. oh really? Uh, yes. He marked it. Yeah, well, he signed the Centennial what, Commemorative a Coin crying Act. face? Wait, yes. wait, wait till you hear the punchline he, he, of this one. He signed oh, a, God, a, a Centennial Commemorative Coin Act to honor the 19th Amendment that gave... Women the right women, to vote. Women the right to vote. After signing the bill, stable genius Trump wondered out loud why it took so long to get the centennial bill passed. Inconceivable! Why didn't they celebrate the centennial before his administration? Oh no, he's so stupid. <laughs> that's, what a moron, oh my god. That's, just so, that's so beyond stupidity. Oh. So, listeners, I have, wish you could see Christina's uh, face. Uh, it says all. You guys have a toddler for a president. <laughs> Not even a, a toddler. smart toddler. Not even like, a smart like, toddler. Like a one and a half year old toddler. If, if only he was that mature. Yes. And of course, on, on top of that, he answered his own question by saying that his administration gets things done. Oh <laughs> my God. Yeah, I wonder why they didn't celebrate the centennial at the 53. Third year. <laughs> it would make so much more sense. <laughs> People are he's so <coughs> stupid. He well, is so stupid. Sticking with sticking with Orange Julius. <laughs> he, he later on during this week tweeted for some reason so uh, did you guys see this he tweeted a picture yeah. of himself of his face photoshop under on rocky balboa's body i'm sorry he did what yes he, he tweeted he a picture of his face on the rocky on the rocky body you know i think it was like rocky three the, the picture of the, and of course it's sylvester stallone's body that's kind of buff and everything and he's got his face saying that somehow sending the message that he's a bit of a fighter or it's like oh my god the most out of shape president that he ever had in the history I had to fact check it. Oh, it was It's amazing. That that I feel sorry for the onion. I feel so <laughs> yeah. sorry for the onion. Yeah. Because how do they compete with reality when it exists? <laughs> ridiculous. Like how? You, they almost have to make realistic <laughs> happening stories. Yeah. So they're like, oh, psych. Yeah. Reality is worse than you thought. <laughs> you came here for a good news story and psych. It's not true. Oh, boy. So it's, it's just absolutely amazing. And you know what? All week I've been arguing with people online because his supporters, I, I, who's more dumb, him or his supporters? I don't know. At this Both. point, I'm, I'm really to a point to say, you know what? The Trump supporters, you're idiots. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say Trump's stupider because if you're able to contact people online... They're smarter than Trump. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but his supporters are basically saying that he knew what he was doing all along, and he's just trolling people. And I'm sorry, I get, I don't buy that. Oh no, he's uh-huh. just. Stupid. I don't buy that. Trump, I, Trump isn't smart enough to troll. I don't think so either. I mean, uh-uh. I, I, he know he knows what gets a rise out of his base. He knows that. But I mean, mm-hmm. do a picture of himself as Rocky out of the blue with no text. How first of all, how would you determine that's a joke? Because the, the the man's past doesn't allow for that. Mm-hmm. He's never done this kind of joke before. So how do they determine they're trolling? Yeah. Yeah, but all yeah. the supporters are saying that for sure. They say, oh, no, no, he's just trolling the laughter. He's getting a laugh out of it. Really? Is he really yeah. trolling the The thing the is, we're getting a laugh because we're like, oh, my gosh, he's so stupid. Yeah. yeah. No, he literally has no sense wow. of humor whatsoever. No, no. He's, he's, his entire history doesn't show that he's got this type of humor or no. self-deprecating humor on top of that. Yeah. He certainly doesn't have self-deprecating no, humor. No, they literally, on the roast of Trump, he specifically said they weren't allowed to make fun of, I'm pretty sure, his money and his body. Yeah. So, like, uh, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> he cannot take a joke. He cannot give a joke. Yeah, oh. it's pretty bad. Um, and last but certainly not least, you guys might not know, but we are at war. Oh, Left the Valley is at war with the good people, not so good people, of Second City. 
They've declared war on us. Well, this reporter was possibly a little hasty earlier. We'd like to reaffirm his allegiance to this country and its human president. May not be perfect, but it's still the best government we have. For now. Well, this happened, like, uh, when we interviewed Erin Lewis that we're playing for you guys this week. Erin um, went on Twitter, and she basically tweeted and said, you know, I just had an interview with the people that left the Valley. Great crew, great fun. I had a whole bunch of fun. And she tweeted something to the to the effect of, well, it's kind of a shame that, you know, mo- mo- a lot of people don't necessarily know their show. I wish, let's give them more exposure, blah, blah, blah. And I tweeted back, said, yeah, I know, right? We're like the best-kept secret in atheism. And Amy slash Amy butt in and basically said, are you kidding? No, we are. And I tweeted back, of course, you know, this means war. So now we are at Prike War with Secular Soup. (laughs) And they basically said, you know, as much as I have respect, to some extent, to to Amy and Amy, they basically said they were going to just destroy us. Well, let's just (laughs) see about that. To be fair, it's four against two. I I thought it was a handicap in the group. Okay, that is very valid. That is a very valid point. Well, you started it, so now we have to pick up your mess. That's right. I, yeah. well, I didn't quite start They started it. So if the war needs either an assassin or a mediator, I can fill either role. Exactly. Be, you know, be confident we're covered. So what I did is I, I threw in the first volley. So I'm going to make you guys listen to uh, basically their commercial that we have for them. And we slightly modified it. And you tell me what you think. I'm Amy with a Y. And I'm Amy with an I. And we're the hosts of Secular Soup, where each week we offer up a bowl of real talk about atheism, feminism, politics, parenting, and whatever else we want to talk about because it's our podcast. Just listen to what these random dudes are saying about our show. Secular Soup. Yeah, yeah. I I think you mean talk soup, though. It was uh, like a 90s show on E! that would put a whole bunch of Jerry Springer stuff on. That's the one I think you mean. I've never heard of either of these Amy characters with which you refer. Hmm, Amy and Amy. Never heard of such a name. My goodness, for Fox Creek, what is that, like Bill and Ted's Adventures or something? (laughs) Amy and Amy from Secular Soup? No, no, I've never heard of that. Wait, wait, no, that's that porno, Succulent Soup. No, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, with the twins. Yeah. I don't know why parents would name their both their twins Amy. That seems like that could get kind of confusing. But uh, not for the porno. For the porno, it was fine. It didn't even, didn't even matter. So if you like extremely foul-mouthed ladies with opinions, this is the podcast for you. Grab a bowl and taste the magic. Slurp even this. <laughs> All right, so yeah, so I threw the first volley, and uh, you know, I, you know, it was a bit harsh, you know, but it, but wonderful. But you know, yeah. you yeah. know, I'm, we're kind of waiting in terror <coughs> for their response in kind, and we kind of felt bad. So this week we thought, you know, we would kind of apologize and create a bit of a PSA to help Amy and Amy, and so here is our effort for this. It's not easy being a podcaster these days. And even less so when you're a woman. So when we heard the good people at Secular Soup needed help, we sprang into action. This holiday season, open your hearts to Amy and Amy of Secular Soup. You too can make a difference in the lives of these poor podcasters. For less than the price of a cup of coffee a day, you too can make a difference. You can help them change their diet of tomato soup and blueberries into something with actual flavor, like rice cakes, white jelly beans, or even tofu. These women work so hard. Allegedly. And still get pranked by the people of LATV. I mean, how deep is the bottom of that barrel? Your donations can help them return a prank in kind instead of making creepy doll lamps and weird cushions nobody wants. Your kindness can help Amy and Amy find jobs more suited to their incredible talents like street mine, elevator attendant, or even store mannequin. In this season of giving, your donation might even give them the idea of using a pseudonym instead of the same name. 
There is hope for the soup. Call now. Operators are standing by. Wow. Listen to these phones ring. That's great. Amy can get that new liver she needs. A generous donation will even provide some onions to go with it. <laughs> so, Amy, Amy, we deeply apologize for all the We ink. just want to help. Yeah, yes. we just want to help, you know. And, you know, if you give up now, it will save millions of lives and we'll end the war in three <laughs> years at least. We so, won't have to sick Nancy on you. That's yeah. right. That's right. Because God knows she 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 deserves a you know she she she's bloodthirsty. She yeah. you know she yeah, could really go for the jugular. Christmas oh. is Christmas is coming. I <laughs> need a little good cheer here. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, perfect. So Amy and Amy, we, we await your response in kind. All right, my dear Nancy, you got a top ten for us. I have a top ten that you suggested. Believe Ooh. it or not, just to let you know that I do listen oh, every wow. now and then, and so that Kevin t- occasionally has a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Don't start the vicious rumor here. Okay. Now, some time ago, you might even have forgotten that you wanted a top ten about sports superstitions. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, um, I've got some sports superstitions from uh, a lot of the, the different um, areas in, in professional sports. Um, some of these people, I have to admit, I'm not really familiar with, but you'll tell me who they are when we go through them, and all of them have some uh, excruciating rituals <laughs> that they go through, um, and maybe you didn't even know that they that they did, so let's see if you still like these guys after hearing some of the superstitions oh, that they God. have. Some are silly, uh, um, some are a little bizarre, but uh, I think they're all enjoyable. Okay, um, who knows Mike Bibby at the NBA? I Basketball? <laughs> Sorry. Okay. He was a point guard. Anyway, he had a nervous habit of biting his nails. And oh, it, no. drove, it drove everybody nuts. So ne- what, what the teammates did was instead of having to sit there and watch him chew all of his nails, they got him some nail clippers. So he's famous not only for being a point guard, but for clipping his nails between... Um, uh, so they get like the best manicure best, team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he goes so, around and clips yeah, everybody's up his, nails. Up to his elbows, I guess. But, <laughs> but anyway, that's that's one of the things that he does as a superstition um, to to get get them get them through the game. Okay, um, a lot of major sporting events, the um, either the the, uh, the 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 fans or some of the the team may some of the teams throw objects onto the field of mm, play yeah. so it started by bad officiating and grievances and so forth but there are two teams that have made um, themselves famous by what they throw onto the ice uh, have you heard about the Detroit Red Wings no they throw an you've octopus never, you, hold on you've never heard of the Detroit Red Wings no what Okay. Well, I don't they're, do they're, sport. We don't yeah, do sports in not, our house. Yeah, you're not Apparently. the... You're not the yeah. Ask yeah. me about some show-jumping horses, I can tell you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> or the innate machinations of Quidditch. Yes. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So this is educational in terms of the sports we never, never watch. So the Red Wings have the legend of the octopus. Mm-hmm. D- did you know about that, Oh, Kevin? yes, yes. Oh, okay. Well, it, it started when a Red Wings... A fan threw one of the critters into the ice during a playoff game. A real? A real one. That's just just mean. In in 1952, this goes back away. I don't don't like this. Well, not many people. This is very mean. Yeah, it's it's kind of... I don't know whether it was frozen or alive. It was alive. I hope this person got beat up. That octopus was a sucker for the ice. Yes, but that's... (laughs) They're so smart. You should not I, do that to an octopus. Well, these are sports superstitions. I said some of them sports were Sports people are stupid. Okay, so if you didn't like that one, you're not going to like this one either <laughs> from the Florida Panthers. Mm. Oh, they like have... Panther? Okay, here we go. You might want to put your fingers in your ears and go la, 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 la. They have the rat trick. Oh. In 1995, 1996, do you know about this? No, no. Okay. The Panthers winger, Scott Mellenby, killed a rat in the locker room before the home opener, and then he scored two goals later in the game. Okay, this person is like 
needs therapy. Some serious therapy. Well, we're scoring two goals. No, for killing an animal. <laughs> yeah, the rat in the locker well, room. Well, how about rats in the locker room? I don't rats think you should amazing. kill it either. Yeah, I love rats. Yeah. 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 So I guess he was freaked out. But when he killed it, the team won. They went all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals and mm-hmm. finally lost to the Colorado Avalanche. But the legend snowballed. So do they now kill rats? No, wait a minute. It gets a little bit better. They throw plastic rats. Okay. Onto the ice. Okay, good. After every goal scored by the Panthers. Nice. And that's called the rat trick. I can do plastic rats. Trick. As long as nobody's killing rats. Yeah, yeah. No, they, they use the plastic Rats are one. wonderful. That's good. Rats are wonderful. Okay. We need to go and, and retrieve the rats and yes. protest in Florida in the yeah, winter. No, no, Let's go you. down there. No. And do, oh, okay. no. Even Florida in the winter is disgusting. Oh, well... <laughs> So much for that. <laughs> Moving on. The comments of Christina, not necessarily those I've left in the valley. Some serious employees. Right. Okay. So, Kevin, do you know a major leaguer named Kevin Romberg? That's baseball. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm afraid not. So he's supposed to be the most superstitious player in the league, and um, it, it, it had to be that if anybody touched him, he'd have to touch that person back which is kind of strange in itself, but he refused to make right turns on the diamond. So that seems more like OCD than superstition. Well, he shunned the right turn because when you're running bases, you're only turning left. So turning right would throw off the natural order. So very OCD. Yeah. Very. So, what would be the dishes? The difference sometimes between OCD and a superstition. They might um, overlap. Yeah. No. They they totally could. Yeah. Um, OCD usually the result, is, like if you don't do it, would be like extreme anxiety and like yeah, so fear that right? like your world will end. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly what superstition does too. Yeah. If you don't. You know, if you don't, if you cross the path of a black cat and you're superstitious, you, you think something bad's going to yeah. happen to you. But so yeah, the, the, I think there's a lot of yeah. things in common there. I don't know like a ton about OCD, like because it's not the specific disorder I've personally researched. But you know what OCD? Yeah, you know. Me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it would be really interesting to look into the difference and between OCD and just general superstitions. Yeah, it, would. it would. Good good area of research mm-hmm. for somebody, that's for sure. Maybe we just gave somebody uh, a thesis Exactly. Topic. Yeah. Go research people. Uh, race, research Be sure to put our name. Uh, as a citation, yeah. of course. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Okay, back to baseball and the Angels. So Steve Finley and Darren Erstad had a very mystical approach to healing because a lot of times athletes are always looking for ways to make them feel better. So what Finley did was um, supposedly he got a pouch of healing minerals (coughs) from a former Diamondbacks teammate (laughs) during an injury. (laughs) So both players wore the minerals around their necks and Finley's batting average rose uh, to 350 over the next three months, and Erstad had a hitting streak of his own and a precious stretch of injury-free play. So luck, it talent, or superstition? <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I don't. I don't. They were healing minerals. I don't know what they were. I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. They, they I, I don't think it really matters what they were. They wore them yeah. in a pouch. Rather, I think they, the exactly, the most logical thing that would have happened there is he would have been psychologically impacted in a very positive way because yeah. he would have felt more confident, yeah. more sure, like sure-footed in his. Mm-hmm. Like skill because you're like, okay, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. My instinct tells me to do this. I'm going to do it, and you're less likely to get injured. Then he's going to open a pouch and realize, oh my god, this wasn't a mineral; it was gravel all this time. Yeah, yeah. it lets you relax and react naturally, and like not worry about other stuff yeah. that might throw you off. Positive thinking. Yep, that's it. So one of one of the the more interesting superstitions has to do with dirty, smelly articles of clothing. Oh, <laughs> no. I've, I've heard of this. Oh. Yes, so. Uh, two examples of this. Um, do, do you know Steve Klein? No. The former Giants pitcher? 
Kevin, is he uh, no, I'm on not. your list? Okay. Anyway, Steve, I'm not a baseball fan at all. <laughs> okay. Steve Klein had a dirty hat tradition, and he'd wear the same hat all season without even washing it. So he took a lot of pride in wearing it, and he'd even make it dirtier. And he said that the reason he did that was the dirt kept him grounded and reminded him where he came from. Yeah. No, that that, yeah, nope. that that is a that's totally good. A hat is reasonable as long as it's not your socks. Yeah. Or anything that's like going to give you a fungal disease. Speaking of socks, oh, yeah, there's going to be socks. That's why I said. Oh, Serena hat. Williams. No. What? Serena Williams. Oh, my respect for her just dropped. Oof. At at least. She well, Serena Williams, and I've seen this on numerous mm-hmm. um, lists, so I know you know either that or it's untrue, yeah. and they've just repeated. It. But I'm taking taking it that this really is true that she wears the same pair of socks throughout the single any single tournament run, and that's like 162. Straight oh, matches. okay. The question though, does she wash them afterward? She she doesn't wash them until the okay, run is that- over. Is disgusting and gross <laughs> and like ew. <laughs> ew. Yeah. Like why? I hope like her manager is just like their black socks. <laughs> they're just like switching yeah. them out. Like yeah. it's the same pair. Yeah. The magical laundry fairies <laughs> came and cleaned them. <laughs> so moving from tennis ew, to NASCAR. So gross. I know. So NASCAR NASCAR drivers have have so each individually have superstitions. Of course they do. But um, this has to do with actually the um, the whole NASCAR event uh, instead of ind- individually. So no peanuts in the shell. They don't sell peanuts. Okay. At the, at the, because peanuts in the shell um, are considered bad luck according to racing lore. Because peanut shells were always found in the smoldering remnants of a badly wrecked car, mm. so that's because fair. that's because they attract elephants. Yeah, <laughs> and elephants on NASCAR tracks and they just don't work well. Yeah, and here's this is a really strange one: no fifty dollar bills. The legend says the two fifty dollar bills were found in the shirt pocket of champion racer Joe Weatherly after he was killed in a crash. Back in 1964, so nobody knows whether that's true or not. But no fifty dollar bills. Yeah, See, those hundred thousand hundred dollar bills totally. Those fine. are definitely superstitions. Those well, are yeah, because when you when you see the NASCAR fans, most of them never have seen a fifty dollar bill, anyways. Right. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I got a joke. I got a joke. How do you get away from a NASCAR fan? Turn right. Oh. Turn right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Nice. <laughs> All right, here we go. Another another baseball guy. Do you know Richie Ashburn? Oh, that rings a bell, though. Okay, Richie Ashburn had his own way of keeping a hot streak hot. If he had a good day at the plate, he'd use the same bat for as long as the success would last. And he went to extraordinary lengths to remain in possession of his lucky bats. Well, he was so concerned that equipment managers couldn't be trusted to keep his bat separate from the others, he'd take his bat of the moment with him at night mm. and slept with it. Wow. wow. So that was his lucky you know, bat. I can understand that one. Because as you may have noticed here, there's a particular pair of headphones that I prefer <laughs> over all of the other ones. So I can understand that lucky one. Lucky headphones? <laughs> They're special. The only I can understand him taking the bat with him home, but to sleep with it? That's a bit much. Sleep with it. Sleep That's with a bit it. much. Knock on wood. Go. Um... Let- the last ones were, we'll go back. What a woody bit. Yeah. The, the last ones, because I think you, you probably recognize these guys. Um, going back to, to, uh, to clothing, um, Michael Jordan. Oh, yes. Whatever your thoughts are, he had magical shorts. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and they weren't, they didn't have to do with his, his, uh, his shoes, which you, you thought. But uh, Bulls, Michael Jordan, wore slightly longer shorts than the other players because he needed to make room for his lucky North Carolina shorts, which he wore under his uniform throughout his career. Wow. I don't know whether he washed them or not. All I know is he wore them under 
the other ones. Nice. Gross. Isn't that interesting? Okay. Yeah, it was Michael you know Jordan. Jason you, Terry, argue, you, know. you know Jason Terry? The last, last no. one No. Jason Terry was the Celtics guard. Okay. So his underwear superstition oh, dates back to his days of playing in Arizona. So he and a teammate made a habit of sleeping in their uniform shorts the night before a game. So when he made it to the NBA, he adjusted the routine slightly. Now he wears the shorts of his opponent's. The night before the game. What? Oh my god, that's hilarious. Isn't that funny? That's amazing. Yeah. I guess that's like mojo, you know. <laughs> yeah. Domin- that's a fun one. Showing dominance. Yeah. Intimidation tactic. That's that's very interesting. So far, yeah. you're, you're, it's all been basketball and baseball and race cars. I've, you know, you haven't talked about hockey or football. Or... Well, there are. I, I, I did find some superstitions that had to do with... Um, with some of the other other sports, but um, I thought maybe you'd enjoy the ones that that had to do with individual players. But there were I, I found some lists that had to do with with fishing yeah. and uh, skiing and you know a lot of the other superstitions there. But uh, I thought they're more fun when you attach it to a person. Yes, I yes. agree. Perfect. Thank you, my dear Nancy. That You're was great. Always welcome. Dear Kirsten, you got another brilliant moment for us? I do. Brought to you by religion. Okay, so first of all, I have a positive update on something I talked about a while ago. Woo! Uh, a private member's bill that would have allowed doctors to deny patient referrals on the basis of conscience mm-hmm. has been defeated by an all-party committee in the Alberta legislature. Yay! In a legislature dominated by Alberta's right-wing political party, the United Conservative Party, the bill's Failure is an especially encouraging sign. Yes, it is. And this goes exa- exactly what we've been saying for quite a while. I understand that we have conservatives here in Canada, but the social conservative does not work right here. It doesn't work. It works in the States. The Republicans use that all the time. And when a Canadian politician tries to do the so- social conservative thing up here, it doesn't work. Yeah. And I'm glad. Everything changed after the committee heard testimony from... Concerned doctors and patients advocates last Thursday night. Oh my god, they listened to science. Following the presentation, committee members from all political parties, including four UCP-affiliated members, voted to reject the bill. Yeah! (laughs) So including members of the party that... Yeah! Damn! They listened to the science. Look at that. They did listen to the science. There is hope after all. I know. Moving on. More of that Christian love. Oh, great. Anti-gay Christian activist Linda Harvey claims gays can't celebrate Thanksgiving because they are not grateful and harbor hostility towards their parents and genetic heritage. Oh, yeah. They they harbor hostility towards their parents. Harvey, president of Mission America, a radical anti-LGBT conservative Christian organization, explains why those in LGBT lifestyle can never really celebrate Thanksgiving. In a recent post for LifeSite News. I hate this person so much. Harvey writes, it's, a t- it's that time of year when being grateful rises to the top of our priority list. For most of us, that is. Ingratitude forms a core ingredient in, of the LGBT community, the pro-abortion movement, and the left in general. It contrasts sharply with the path along which we are led as Christians. Where does the unrepentant heart go if we allow it? Among homosexuals and the gender rebellious, parents and genetic heritage are often held in contempt. Heterosexuals are nicknamed breeders among these enlightened sexual rebels. And it doesn't end there. <laughs> do these people even know the meaning of the word hypocrisy? No, I don't think no. they do. Probably not. No, no and, and you know it's funny? It's also, it brings out a, something else that's been going on in the news that we haven't really talked about. Have you noticed now all of a sudden, the, you know, this time of year, the, the, the conservatives say there's a war on Christmas? Yeah. Now they've also started saying there's a war on Thanksgiving. Oh, Trump Have you heard made this? that up. Yeah. Trump, Trump totally made that up. Totally made that up. Totally he, made it Apparently up. people are trying to stop Thanksgiving too, apparently. It's like, no, what he, the hell? Anything to divide people yeah. and to create chaos, you know, it's... Um, next it's going to be, you know, birthdays. War against <laughs> birthdays. Yeah. So... The internet is replete with homosexual transgender hostility towards parents, those who lovingly provide a home, allowance, support, and often college tuition, not to mention the child's genetic heritage, and receive derision and scorn in return from sexual, sexually sinful or gender deviant children 
The tears of these parents sorry, could what? fill a cathedral. God knows their pain. These parents that provide love and acceptance? Excuse me? That is so What world do they live in? Gross. Funny thing, this is not the first time that I have brought this person up. Ugh. Previously, Harvey argued that straight people don't engage in oral and anal sex. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, back in 2017, Harvey wanted to trademark the rainbow to prevent it from being oh. raped by gays and lesbians. Rape, rape the rainbow. That's a new Skittles commercial. Rape the rainbow. <laughs> this man is seriously deranged. Oh, no. A woman. Oh, she is serious. Oh, yes. Oh. I, I still love that rape the rainbow thing. That's just beautiful. That is... Oh, <laughs> gosh. She... Oh, fuck. Uh-huh. I'm like... She's that's usually not how those things go. Like... Uh, she yeah. seriously thinks straight people don't do oral? Like, really? Apparently, yes. Really? I, I, I don't... Well, no wonder they turn to God because they're I, miserable. <laughs> This woman's sex life is seriously impaired. Yes. I I have a feeling she doesn't have a large libido. So she probably doesn't explore that she much. She does have a large dildo? What? No, libido. Oh. <laughs> so she probably she, has a large dildo. May, no. You seriously <laughs> think she'd be okay with masturbation? No. I'm going to go no. with no. 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 <laughs> But if you really want an expert opinion on masturbation, you need to ask Amy and Amy of Secular Soup. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, girls. I just had to put uh, that in go. there. <laughs> oh my god, that was awful. Oh, what, man. Is, what is that? What is that? Did you say we are not responsible for <laughs> Yeah. The government right? Kevin another Please. silly nose. Yeah, 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 right. Thank you. Reasons. There we go. <laughs> That's fair enough. Oh, perfect. Thank you so much, Kirsten. That was great. You're welcome. Okay, so let's take a quick pause, and when we come back, we'll be talking to the brazen atheist, ex-exotic dancer. Oh, fun. Aaron Lewis. Mm, looking forward to that. So we'll be right back. Hi, I'm God, and I just wanted to make sure to tell you not to listen to Unapologetics on Stitcher and SoundCloud. That's Unapologetics with an X at the end. But, uh, yeah, definitely do not listen to the show. I mean, I swear to me, right, I will murder my son. Uh, well, I mean, I kind of already did that, but uh, don't, just don't listen to the show, okay? Hey, Lucy. Can you not can you not call me that, okay? We already went over what my name is, okay? It's Lucifer. All right, look, Lewis, uh, you want to come with me? I'm going to go fuck with this guy, Joe. No, don't, don't do that, okay? Can you just leave him alone? Yeah, I'm going to kill his family. No, don't, don't do that. I'm going to give him sores all over his body. Don't, don't, don't do that. That's disgusting. And, uh, I'm going to kill all of his livestock, you just, know. Stop, stop saying things. Just stop. Yeah, I'm going to blame the whole thing on you. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go, bud. Remember, don't listen to Unapologetics on Stitcher and SoundCloud. Hey, definitely listen to that show. It's awesome. It's really cool. He's really a dick. I heard that. Listen to the Zachary cast. Podcast, YouTube video, interview program that features me talking to some of the best and brightest in the atheist slash secular slash awesome community. I interview people. We curse and usually drink beer because why not? It's the Zachrilege cast, Z-A-C-H-R-I-L-E-G-E, and I can spell it after two beers, so you can too. And there hasn't yet been a properly written apology for that disgrace. Staying in Africa, I think it will one day be admitted with shame that it might have been in error to say that AIDS is bad as a disease, very bad, but not quite as bad as condoms are bad, or not as immoral in the same way.
Well, joining us online is the brazen atheist, Erin Lewis. She's an author, she's a snappy dresser, and a snazzy dancer. Erin, thank you so much for joining us at Left of the Valley. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Comes to snappy dresser and snazzy dancer. In this case, it's actually literally true. The yeah. woman can dance. Erin, <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe for our audience that might not be aware of who you are and where you came out of, maybe you'd be so kind to give us a good bio as to who Erin Lewis is. Well, I'm a former exotic dancer, or stripper is a more accurate term, actually. And I became involved with the free thought or atheist community after um, becoming a member of the Freedom From Religion Foundation Mm -hmm. and deciding that I wanted to get involved there. And they published um, a couple of articles of mine I wrote for uh, Secular Nation. Um, And... I just decided that it was, I had a unique perspective and wanted to speak out. So it's true then what I hear. I hear that you taught Dan Barker every move he knows. Oh, yes. It's a joker. And now you, you're coming out with a book. Tell us about your book. My latest book is called Expose Yourself. And it's basically... It has running themes of atheism, feminism, and humanism. Mm -hmm. I also talk a lot about debunking things like misinformation, how to recognize cognitive bias, Mm -hmm. how cognitive dissonance works. So it's basically a lot of critical thinking, but from an unlikely voice of reason. So in each chapter and each topic, I relate it back to stories from my work. Nice. Do you, yeah. do you feel that this kind of uh, – this is a, um unorthodox approach because I, I think people have a, t- a general tendency to listen to information coming from a verified source, somebody, you know, an academic, something like that. Do you think your background actually gets people to uh, – uh, are, uh, are they more open to listen to you or do you have a tendency to challenge what you have to say? Well – My editor described it as kind of a sneaky way to get people to entertain and learn critical thinking. So basically, my intention and my hope was to kind of hook them in with the dirty, naughty side of it. And then all of a sudden be like, but hey, what do you really think about chiropractics? Are you sure that this is a good thing? so I I am hoping that I could kind of maybe hook somebody right up front and then lead them to question um, things that may be detrimental in their lives. Hmm. So Erin, were you always a writer um, or when you became more of an atheist and, and got into the topic and did you want to communicate to others? I guess that's kind of a chicken and an egg question. Well, I've always loved to read. Um, I didn't have a lot of friends when I was growing up uh, in school. I was kind of a smart ass and know-it-all and not very popular and and so I read a lot. I hid in the corner with books, basically. And I always really liked writing stories from a young age. When I entered uh, high school, I decided to go to an alternative school or continuation school. And they actually asked me, because I went there by choice. I wasn't sent there because um, I always got really good grades. They asked me to help kind of fight for them and advocate for them. So in a way, I... Hey, I I was an activist unintentionally, accidentally, so I wrote uh, a few articles for the paper. I spoke out at school board meetings basically to help us accomplish the goal. As I got older and I started dancing about 10 years in, you know, I had dealt with a lot of stereotypes and stigmas of my job, and everybody says, and as a dancer, everybody will tell you, hey, you should write a book. You have so many stories. You should write a book. And I must know 300 dancers that are like, yeah, I'm going to write a book. So finally, I was like, you know what? I should write a book. I really loved reading. And so it was something that I really enjoyed. So that's when I started with my first book, which is my memoirs. And then I answered an ad on Facebook after becoming familiar with some of the atheist and free thought pages and personalities that were in social media. I ended up 
writing for Secular Nation, and that was when I realized that I really it was something that I really enjoyed and something that I wanted to pursue. Hmm. Well, good for you for doing so, and I must congratulate you because on this call right now, you're the only one that's actually dressed. The rest of us are stark naked. Kristen's mm-hmm. shaking her head. <laughs> but let, let's go back here. Let's go back because I think to understand where you come from, I think we need to understand also the, his, the, uh, the, uh, the history of your apostasy. Maybe you'd be so kind to let us know maybe in your past. Were you always uh, an atheist or did you grow up in the faith? Or I grew up semi-Catholic. Oh, okay. So I'm the last of six kids. Uh, by the time I came around, I was I'm actually 14 to 9 years younger than the rest of my siblings Mm. um after five kids that was when catholicism i guess started wearing thin and they decided that birth (laughs) control was really not a bad thing and then as my parents were getting divorced um there was no more birth control they got together one last time and that was how i came about so by the time i was growing up i was still technically catholic i was baptized but we didn't really go to church so Mm. We kind of we're like I don't know what they say. You're sort of Catholic. Yeah, I cafeteria mean, Catholic. You know, churches and uh, we're really for weddings and funerals, kind of a thing. Yep, yep. You know, you, you said prayer because somebody kicked you under the table uh, before dinner, kind of a thing. It wasn't really, it wasn't something that was huge. But my parents were both raised very, very strict Catholic. And um, how about yourself? Did you actually uh, truly believe, or were you more of me? I'm going to say that when I – and I, I actually kind of wrote uh, one of my first articles for uh, Free Thought Today for FFRF is <laughs> called The Bible Taught Me That God is a Jerk. And I talk about <laughs> being a kid. Um, I, I, For the record, I wanted to call it God is a Jerk because I felt that was more accurate. But editors tend to uh, edit my titles a lot, I've noticed. <laughs> um, but – I talk about reaching the age of reason and listening to Bible stories as a kid and hearing it and saying, but this is really contradictory to the actual values and ethics and morals that, you know, my brothers and sisters and my parents and what I was actually learning in the real world. And then I would hear stories like, you know, Noah's Ark and um, Job or where's the one where God is telling him to, you know, stab his kid. And I'm like that, you know, this guy really sounds like kind of a dick. And I, I don't really see how this, like, I'm supposed to fear him but love him at the same time. It, it, so it's, I, I like to say that I was always an atheist, but I do think that there was a time when I really, really wanted to believe and tried to believe because that's what everybody around me did. Mm-hmm. But I would say by the time I hit about five or six, I was really an atheist. I don't think I ever really believed. I, I've, when I prayed, I felt like I was talking to myself. But I still felt obligated to pray, if that makes sense. Okay. Hold on a second. Nancy's got to find a pen. Is there a pen underneath there? Oh, that's a marker. My kingdom for a pen. <laughs> Dude, you need to be better organized. Oh, well, usually I do have a pen here, but <laughs> I'm missing one today. <laughs> uh all right, so I got to write this time down. So sorry about that. 19 minutes. Didn't you do this last week? Yes. Sorry about that. Please continue, Aaron. <laughs> so so you're, you're in the faith. You're five, six years old. You realize, yeah, you don't really believe that. But how about your environment? How was that? Well, I certainly didn't feel okay saying that I didn't really believe or that I had doubts. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Because, I, I mean, you learn really early on that you start questioning, asking the wrong questions or pointing out the contradictions in either the Bible or, frankly, just the morals that surround the teaching of the concept of a supernatural deity. Um, when you start to question those things, people get really mad. They do. You know, and you start to lose things like, you know, cartoon time on Saturday mornings. And, you know, you get things like a book of Bible stories for Christmas instead of, you know, Beatrix Potter. So I, uh, yeah, I definitely learned to kind of go along with the crowd. Um, my best friend as a little kid was very, very strict Catholic. Um, in fact, her, her parents used to send me home all the time for swearing <laughs> um, or be, otherwise being inappropriate. So I definitely learned to go along with the crowd if, if only to avoid uh, getting in trouble. You know, early on. 
Do you feel, I, you know, it's scary to tell people that you, that you don't believe when they're telling, telling you that, you know, if you don't believe you're going to burn for all of eternity. Mm-hmm. So do you feel that as, as you became older and you became an adult and you went into exotic dancing, do you feel that that could undermine some credibility because people would say, well, see, of course she's an atheist. She went, did some stripping or something like that. You feel that some some of your some of your 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 readers something like would say, yeah, of course she's she's a bad apple, she's an atheist, she's a dancer, you know. I, I mean, I'm sure. I, I've been called every name in the book for being a dancer and for being an atheist. So I'm guessing if you put the two together, there's probably going to get some people <laughs> people that you know think uh, I'm an asshole. But I would like to. I'd really like to. In in my writing, I really point out, especially in my first book, I point out. Basically, that it doesn't have to be necessarily an immoral or an unethical type job. I, I don't find anything immoral about being naked or sexuality. It's something we're born with. It's really a natural thing. Um, what makes it bad and dirty is religion itself. Mm-hmm. So I don't really – I mean I'm sure that there's people that say that. But I mean even if I if I'd grown up to be a school teacher, there's somebody that's going to find fault with either me being an atheist or me being a dancer. Um, but I really do try to humanize the profession and dispel a lot of the stereotypes and the stigma that surrounds it. Uh, a lot of misconceptions. Yeah, which is um, which is so funny you know, because you know the, the religion is the first one to condemn these kind of professions. But you know what? <laughs> if I was to walk into any strip bar right now. I will bet you that the vast majority of these people are religious as well. <laughs> Definitely. One of my chapters actually is entitled, um, God told me to touch your pussy. And that's actually because that's exactly what happens sometimes is you do have religious people that come in there. And when they're taught that they're actually more drawn to that, because if you have somebody that's raised with the idea that sexuality is natural and normal and nudity, isn't something to be, afraid of or ashamed of those people are not going to be drawn so much to the strip club the people that are looking at it like oh my gosh this is really dirty and this is really bad and you know they're the ones that are going to be drawn to it because Mm -hmm. they're being they're told they can't have it it's like if you go on a diet and you say all right i'm not gonna eat donuts i'm not gonna eat donuts at all but what are you gonna think about you're gonna think about donuts you know and the chance the second chance you're you're willpower diminishes even a little bit you're at dunkin donuts i don't know if you have those in canada and you know scarfing down a half a dozen donuts because that's what you're you keep telling yourself well i can't have that i can't have that my my thing is chocolate i'll tell myself i can't have chocolate and you know three pounds later i'm like oh (laughs) so i i think it has a lot to do with that um but definitely religion does play a big part in dancing and when i became an outspoken atheist, that was when I really realized the parallels and how much religion actually affected my job. When I was really in it, and mind you, I've only been retired officially now for, I think, about three months. Oh. I didn't, I didn't actually, I just didn't really see it that much in, until I really started to become involved with the free thought community. And then I realized how much it impacted people's lives and my customers. Yes, yes. I uh, thought for sure as soon as you said the title of that that that, that chapter, God told told me to touch your pussy. I thought for sure you had an encounter with Donald Trump. But oh. <laughs> let's, let's move aside. His aside. nephew. <laughs> his nephew. His, his nephew actually. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh man. I mean, I don't know if it counts as an encounter. He. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's an encounter the, of the, the second kind with that one. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, he was up top. Um, he was up in a like a VIP room or something. Uh, his group, or I, I don't even know. And the manager had me and a friend of mine come up there. Um, and the first thing he said was her boobs aren't big enough. And sent me. so I never actually met him, but I did have Donald Trump's nephew turn me down because my boobs were too small. What? Oh. Wow. There's my Donald Trump story. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. No comment on that one. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Huh. Do you feel, as you know, in this show here at Left of the Valley, we've we've always been very pro women. Uh, I mean, most of our co-hosts are, are, are they're all women. I'm the only I was guy here, say, right? I hope so. <laughs> 
so, but so uh, we're always very uh, pro feminism and all that stuff. Do you feel, and you know, it's always great to hear about women getting more and more into the subject, authors and stuff like that. Do you feel that atheism has a good old boys club feel to it? I, you know, I didn't think so. Um, but I've definitely seen some glimpses of that. The more involved I've gotten, I have seen a little bit of that. Um, I, I haven't experienced anything like that personally, but I, I've definitely seen a little bit where it does feel like if you're a woman speaking out on it, it's, you're not quite taken as seriously. For me personally, because I was a dancer for 20 plus years, I pretty much already out the gate expect not to be taken seriously, like right off the bat. Mm -hmm. So I've always felt like I kind of had something to prove just inherently because of who I am. But I have noticed when I look at uh, online that it, it does seem that women's voices are not quite as prominent, um, which I do think is a little bit of a bummer because women, I think, have been harmed far more than men when it comes to religion. All the religions oh, seem so to... Dumb. Their purpose seems to to want to subjugate and control women in particular. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I, I do think we have a little bit of a, a, a larger stake in the conversation, but maybe not as big of a voice. Well, now that you're retired from your career, are you going to incorporate using your voice more in the atheist community than, than you did uh, prior to being busy with your career? Yeah, yeah, and I wouldn't say I was busy. I mean, even, <laughs> like, working three days a week was a lot. So, uh, um, yeah, I, I definitely, I now work for, uh, as an office manager, which is part-time, mm -hmm. but I'm definitely planning on hopefully being able to speak and do some more writing, and I volunteer as much as I can with our local FFRF chapter. So definitely want to be more involved in it. Fantastic. Do you feel, do you feel that, you know, in the, uh, we're not supposed to veer too much into politics here, but in the current state of the country in the United States, do you, f do you feel, do you feel uh, it's, a, it's a positive time for atheism? Would you feel that uh, uh, atheists are maybe having a rough time at this time? Uh, I think it can be a positive because I think it's bringing more people out of the woodwork. Mm. One of the first things I found when I started speaking out and actually – because for a long time I, I just – I I was an atheist. That's just what I was. I, I didn't feel the need to say anything about it or you know speak out because that's just what I was um, until I realized that there's a lot of people that were like me that just kind of pretended – uh, to go along with their family or their friends. And so I, I think it's important, and I think with so many people fired up per se, I think this might actually be a good opportunity to, to start for people to actually start voicing how they really feel because there's a lot of people that identify as either Christian or spiritual or I believe in a higher power or the universe or that don't really, that just say that because they feel like they need to. Um, to avoid getting criticized. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or rejected, really. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. So, so in, your, in your book that, that, you, that you've written there, what, what is essentially the message you're hoping your readers will get out of it? I think the, there's probably several messages. Uh, the first being to identify your own cognitive biases to identify what you really believe and who you really want to be. Mm -hmm. And also as an atheist or a free thinker or really anybody who is outside the mainstream to understand that you're not alone, that there's no real reason to hide who you are. Mm -hmm. So expose yourself really comes back to, I mean, obviously it's a double entendre if you haven't, I'm, I'm guessing you probably gathered that by now. Yes. Um, but it really means to expose yourself to knowledge, to reality, to um, yourself, to be able to be upfront about who you are and to not be ashamed and to understand that whether you're an atheist or a stripper or whoever you are, that 
you know, you're not the Lone Ranger. There's 7 billion people out there and there's absolutely somebody out there who will understand what you've gone through or what you're going through and who won't judge. Yeah. That's an extremely powerful and positive. Um, title. How did you, was it one that came easily to you or did you have to think about it for a while? The t- title itself came from my contributing editor, Judy Saint, who is the chapter president of the FFRF. Mm-hmm. Um, so that pretty much came out of her mouth maybe 10 or 15 minutes after we met. <laughs> I told her about my first two books and she says, well, how long do you think it'll take to write another book? And I was like, really? Uh, okay. And, uh, and yeah, that was her, that was her first thing. Although she was really intrigued, I think by the whole stripper, uh, story and concept and the fact that I was just becoming involved in the atheist community. So that was, it just came right off the top of her head so i cannot take credit for the title as far as the rest of the title went um we definitely went back and forth quite a bit about that as to how to present the subtitle Hmm. interesting yeah so so uh so for um what would you what would you recommend for women out there because you know, I, I can't, I can't, I can speak to women, but I can't speak, you know, as a woman, obviously. <laughs> to women out there that are coming out in in, in atheism and they're, they're getting into their apostasy, uh, maybe they feel they're not be taken seriously. What is the message that Aaron Lewis would like to, these women to hear? To not be afraid to speak up. Mm-hmm. That there's a lot of women that are out there just like you that are afraid to speak up, and every time somebody else is able to come out and share their story it gives confidence and it paves the way for other people uh and other women to come out and say what they really feel uh as opposed to you know just constantly hiding i I really don't think there's anything worse than to spend this life hiding from who you really are and having to pretend to be or believe things that you really don't no that's that's a very powerful message a very positive one it is. The, the ladies here are nodding in agreement as you say all this. So. Perfect. They're all naked though, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Perfect. But I'm hidden by the table. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> oh, Aaron, thank you so much for joining us today on the show. Really, really appreciate that. Uh, but the moment the mic is yours, uh, be shameless. Go ahead, plug yourself. If people want to find out more about your, you and your books and everything you're doing, where can they find you? They can find me on uh, AaronLewis.com that has descriptions and links to all of my books. I also have a Brazen Atheist merchandise page and a blog which shows articles, um, other podcasts, Mm -hmm. and YouTube appearances. Um, There's also a short uh, biography uh, about some of my works and what I'm into now. You can find me on Facebook. I have a Brazen Atheist page and also on Twitter, Brazen Atheist or at Aaron Lewis 666. Awesome. Now, Brazen Atheist, I got to ask about that. Why, why Brazen Atheist? <laughs> when I was uh, when I was a kid and I well, I'd say like teenager and I would I started to experiment with like a little bit of mascara, makeup or just a little bit and my mom would tell me that I looked like a brazen hussy. And she would get off because that's what my that's what my mother uh, her mother would say mm-hmm. if somebody had a bunch of makeup on or whatever. So it was just sort of a, a term and a term of endearment. My mom was was joking. Um, she was not trying to be unkind, but she would say that I looked like a brazen hussy. And so when I was trying to come up with a uh, Judy helped with this also. We just decided that what I did was brazen. And it sort of fit, so we decided on brazen atheist. Fantastic! <laughs> it, it it definitely works, doesn't it? It does. Yes, yeah. yes. Aaron, before I let you go, I gotta have you say hi. This is Aaron Lewis, the brazen atheist, and I took a left in the valley. Okay. All right. Say that one more time. <laughs> hi, I'm Aaron Lewis. Not me, but you are. Hi, I'm Aaron yeah. Lewis, the brazen atheist, and I took a left in the valley. Hi, I'm. Aaron. Lewis, you're brazen atheist, and I took a left at the valley. I'm gonna have to have you repeat that. You cut out for some reason <laughs> right after Aaron. You just went Aaron oh. Roop. Just... <laughs> oh, okay, perfect. <laughs> Take two. Okay. 
Hi, I'm Aaron Lewis, your brazen atheist, and I took a left at the valley. Fantastic. Beautiful. Beautiful. That was beautiful. Yeah. And that was Erin Lewis, the brazen atheist. Now she's an interesting gal. Oh, she she's great. She's got stories yeah. coming out of the wazoo, that one. And you know what? It, it's quite brave for her to be a, a person in her position and in her past to be vulnerable and expose herself like that to the public and take on, take the bull, you know, horns on. Mm-hmm. Because God knows, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, pushback especially with her past being an exotic dancer and all that. So. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I, maybe maybe she's um, more accepted. If she had written that book in the 50s or 60s, mm-hmm. maybe it, it would have gotten total a, a different response. You think but, so? Yeah, I, I don't, I'm just wondering. What do you think? Well, I, it's a good question. I, I wasn't there. So yeah. <laughs> I'll take your expertise for that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I'm, uh, No, so, she's uh, great. I just I'm, love her. I'm also so glad that she managed to help Kirsten with her new dance routine. So that's great. <laughs> Fantastic. That was supposed to be a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, ladies, for being with us today. And thank you for listening. And thank you to Aaron Lewis for being with us today. You can find us at leftatvalley.com. You can find us on Facebook, on Twitter, at Daily TV Podcast. Send us an email at leftatvalley at outlook.com. Send your complaints to Nancy on the third floor, but beware the incoming knife. And please boycott Secular Soup. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We love them at a distance when they're not talking. No, just kidding. <laughs> Give us a five-star review. It helps us. It helps others find the show. And uh, what, what am I missing here? You can become a patron like our, our friend Freethinker215. And uh, you go to Patreon slash LATV. Perfect. And you get lots of like behind-the-scenes stuff, extra. All the stuff we mess up. Long- all oh, that, it's, oh, yeah, it's All great. the conversations. You get to hear our behind-the-scenes stories. Yes. Adventures in life. That story of Christina and the goat and all that stuff. Exactly. That's all there. Okay, no, but dog. That goat dog. was very soft and cuddly. <laughs> Seriously, people, there's a lot of wonderful stuff that you're missing out. I love how now people are going to be like, "Oh, I want to hear this goat story." When it literally <laughs> that, that we just made that up. Okay. Off the top of our head. So coming up, we'll have Doctor Wynell and Doctor Del Rey next week, and oh, we're coming is along. That next week. That's next week. We'll oh my gosh, I am so our excited. Our Christmas season. We'll have a Christmas special on the best of 2019, of course, and in the new year, we'll have the incredible Tracy Harris will be joining <laughs> us, as well as Randall Fritchard, who is the president of Canadian Atheists. Oh. Oh, nice. And we'll also have Janice Selby, who will be talking about divorcing religion. Mm. So, lots of good stuff coming, and Absolutely. a strong start to the year as usual. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Anything else we need to add? Yes. I believe it's a- almost the end of the year. Yeah. <laughs> a- Amy and Amy, we really love you. Yes, no, we, we do. do. Don't listen to Kevin. We secretly loathe you. No, we don't. <laughs> no, that's not true. Love him to death. Kevin's just jealous. <laughs> we'll have to bring him. <laughs> I'm not jealous. They've declared war. <laughs> At least like, one I of want, us is fighting for us. I, I want a war the way the Danish and the Canadians have war. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Let's give them some schnapps and they can give us some whiskey or something there you like go. that. Oh, that'll that's be a good war. <laughs> Thank you so much, ladies. Until next time. kind of like to say that if you can't laugh about showing your genitalia to strange people in a crowded room, I mean, what can you really laugh about it? <laughs> so... No, no, it's not a problem. And don't worry, none of us can really dance. I always, you know, whenever I dance, I always imagine the dance floor is a bit of like a, a big heated skillet and I'm a bacon strip. <laughs> and I, I, that's, that's, that's my dance move. That's my dance move right there. Yeah. The, so I just sizzle on the dance floor. That's what I do. <laughs> Take a sec, don't mean to sound so happy.